right. Well, welcome back to the Newsy Sportscast. And I am thrilled, and absolutely delighted, honored, so appreciative uh, that this guy uh, is giving me some time. Um, he he always has and always always does. So it's not not like it's uh, a shot at him, but uh, given what uh, he's probably been through the last couple of days, um, you know, pretty impressive that that he's got the time for me. Last couple of days, of course, celebrating the national championship. It is Ben Barr of UMass, the uh, associate head coach of the UMass national champions. Ben, first of all, thanks so much for doing this. And how does that sound, national champions? <laughs> it sounds great. It's uh, I don't think it's sunk in. You know, it's going to take a while, and you know, it's just obviously a bizarre year too, with all the craziness with um, you know, the stoppages and starts and all the stuff our guys had to do and our program had to do to to play. So it was uh, you know, it makes it even makes it even a little bit nicer, I guess, at the end of the day. So I don't think it's quite sunk in, but it was uh, was quite the experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the post-game press conference with Coach Carvel seemed so, uh, you know, emotional, so genuine. Um, he talked about being in the room, uh, told the guys, to, I guess, to look and look at each other, and they, you know, each other's eyes, and remember that you know this might be the best moment of your life, that kind of thing. Take take us inside that that room after you guys beat St. Cloud State five nothing. What was the atmosphere like in there from your perspective? It was actually, he actually did that with, with, there was a TV timeout with three minutes left in the third period. So, you know, usually we don't, you don't say those kind of things during a game, you know, when the game's not over and, uh, you know, but at that time it was five, nothing. And, you know, the game was, it was pretty much in hand. So he kind of brought everybody in and, you know, he said that to the guys and it was, it was pretty cool because, you know, we, we get pretty, uh, we get pretty jacked up on the bench and we're a pretty intense staff. So, you know, to kind of let the guys appreciate that, you know, while the game was still going and, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of surreal. It was pretty, it was pretty special, you know, and obviously after the game and all that kind of stuff was, was fun too with, um, you know, on the ice and the ceremonies and the guys being able to see their families for the first time in eight months or whatever, that was, uh, that was pretty special, but yeah, it was, uh, that actually happened on the, on the ice with three minutes left so it was uh it was pretty cool yeah no it, awesome and i think um for the casual canadian hockey fan there are the uh you know the certain schools that you know you see the guys that dominate maybe the national world junior u.s world junior team or or that that dominate the headlines the michigans the minnesotas whatnot uh, and obviously you, you know you guys part of a group of final four that maybe aren't and maybe should be obviously, but aren't necessarily household name schools just yet. Uh, maybe to the casual fan in Canada anyways. Um, you know, what does this, what does this say about, uh, about the state of, of the NCAA D1 hockey right now? Well, there's just, uh, I mean, and, and there has been for a long time, but there's just so much, there, there's so many good players and good teams. And, um, you know, this just, Every year, there seems to be different teams that are making it to the Frozen Four, and different teams, you know, have their run, and um, you know, so it's, yeah. I mean, I think it also is a testament to, you know, not out, you know, the best team wins. It's not always the, you know, the team with the most draft picks or the team with the, 
you know, the, you know, the, the traditional name or, or whatever. So, you know, I think it's just a testament to our sport that, you know, a group of guys can come together and, um, and accomplish some really cool things. And, you know, so we, we got, we got smoked by Duluth two years ago in the, in the last, uh, mm-hmm. championship game. And, um, to be able to go back, you know, there wasn't one obviously in 2020. So to be able to go to the next one really and avenge that is, is pretty special because you don't, you know, you could, you yeah. can, you could go, you could go a whole career without making it to a frozen four, let alone two straight championship games. And, you know, what Duluth did leading up to that, you know, they, they made it to three in a row is crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, for our guys to be able to go to two championships in a row and to, and to win it after what happened a couple of years ago was, um, it was crazy. It was, it, you know, we had, we had a really special group this year. Yeah. And, you know, for those that don't know, the frozen four, uh, was Minnesota state, St. Cloud state, UMass and uh, Minnesota Duluth. And, um, you know, it's a thing where it was uh, three Minnesota schools, I guess, and Massachusetts too. It was pretty cool, I guess, for you guys to represent the represent represent that state. But I want to go back to something you mentioned there about that revenge game, so to speak, against Minnesota Duluth. And I always find this fascinating when a team is down, not in the finals, but in the semifinals, like the game that you need to win to get to the finals. It's like the, the second intermission, and you're losing, and you're like, man, we we might not even might not even get there if we don't figure this out. You know, you guys were losing 2-1 to Minnesota Duluth. They seem maybe like uh, to, to, to the neutral, to the hockey fan, like a, what a team of destiny again kind of thing. Right. Um, but uh, what, what was it like uh, inside the, the UMass locker room in the second intermission there in that semi? Because you guys were down uh, 2-1 in a semi after all you've been through. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we, we didn't play. I, I thought Duluth was taking it to us you know, for the majority of the first two periods. And, um, you know, we, we weren't playing very well and, you know, Car- Carvey let the guys know that, um, you know, I think two years ago when we were there, you know, we beat Denver in the, in the semifinals and I don't want to say we were just, we were happy to win that game, but like it was our first time there and you're just taking it all in. And, um, and this year, you know, I think it was different for our guys. Um, it was a different year. You know, you, you played up until this past weekend, really. We didn't, there was never any fans in the building. Um, you know, so our guys just had a different kind of focus. And, you know, rather than just, you know, tell them it's going to be okay. We were pretty hard on them between the second and third, and, and they really responded. We had a really good third period. Anthony Del Gaizo scored a really big goal to tie it 2-2. Once we tied it 2-2, the tie, you know, the game really changed. And, um you know, we, I thought we really took over the game. The overtime, we were outstanding. Um, you know, we, I think we outshot them like 14 to two or something in the overtime before we scored. So I, we just had a tremendous amount of resiliency on our, on our team. And, you know, they let us, you know, coach them and coach them hard at times. And they never, they, they weren't offended by it or anything because they knew mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, that's the way we had to be if we were going to succeed. So. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty tense between the second and third, and our guys responded and then, you know, found a way to carry that into last night against St. Cloud, obviously. Yeah, amazing stats. So, again, just uh, so people know, semifinal, national semifinals, Minnesota Duluth, uh, the, the fifth seed against the second seed, UMass. And first period, Minnesota Duluth shoots UMass 10-5. 
Second period, 16-6. I hope these aren't too painful stats for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then third period, uh, 10-4, Minnesota Duluth outshoots them. So, you know, to, to quick, quick arithmetic, that's not, that's not looking great shots, at least on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at overtime, you mentioned it 13 to two. What a, what a, what a job, I guess, to flip the script, um, you know, for your guys, uh, to, to yeah. the UMD in overtime, you don't, you don't see something like, like that too often. So, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Do you have, you have anything to say? Like what, what, what was it about there, uh, that, that, uh, that, that flipped the script? Was it just momentum? Yeah, well, I mean, we we scored that. I thought in the third, even though the shots were, were what they were, like we had a lot of possession. I, mm-hmm. I think if you look at the analytics of that game, I mean, the shot attempts were even. So even though we were being outshot, you know, mm-hmm. they they had just they were blocking a ton of shots. They might have blocked like over thirty shots in the game or something. So, um, you know, really the, the third period that doesn't really tell the story. I, I, we really played pretty well in the third, and then. Um, they were primarily playing four, three lines during the game and we were playing four. And that, that's always been our strength this year is we have a lot of depth. We don't, you know, we have four good lines, two really good goalies, you know, which was evidence, you know, with uh, our goalie being uh, Philly Lindbergh was in COVID protocol against Duluth. So we had, you know, Matt Murray and who's played a ton of games. Yeah. I think he might be the all time wins leader at UMass. So like we just had a ton of depth and it really took over in that, in that uh, overtime against Duluth, you know, where I think they kind of, they ran out of juice a little bit playing three lines and we were able to keep playing everybody. And, you know, it was, um, it was really impressive to see. I mean, our guys just found another level and, you know, that's hard to do, especially on that stage against the team that, you know, has won two straight national championships. It's, they almost seemed invincible at this time of year for some reason, the last Mm -hmm. three, four years. So, um, you know, when you're able to do something like that, you know, you have a, a pretty strong, resilient group of guys. Yeah, for sure. And, and I should mention again, we're recording this April the 11th and then the, the national championship was April the 10th um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I appreciate again so much, Ben, uh, you, you taking the time to, to chat with me. And then, you know, in the final, um, you know, obviously, you know, you talk about the shots, not necessarily being the, the best stat, but it looked like you guys, found some level that uh i guess that you needed to 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 show the class i guess that you guys had um you know very impressive championship uh you know two two nothing up after first and the first and then that uh, highlight real shorty by philip laganov who did did things like that all the time back in the oj (laughs) probably too many times against teams that i worked for especially the oakville blades (laughs) when he was with uh, the burlington cougars but uh Obviously, yeah. kudos to him. Been a fan of his for a while, but um, you know what? How how did the guys find that juice? Because I just feel like again, you mentioned no fans uh, for most of the year, and just a grueling situation in game after game, and emotional high and emotional lows. Just you know, where where did they find the energy to to not just win, but to just dominate the finals? Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't a five nothing game. You know, like St. Cloud is a really good team, and. Uh, you know, it just seemed like, uh, you know, they, they actually came out really strong and I thought we we're all playing us for the first half of the first period. And, you know, then we scored a, scored a goal. We had a two on O um, they had kind of a, they had two D that ran into each other and gave us a two on O and, uh, and then we scored another one for the end of the 
the first. So, it, I mean, it wasn't a five nothing game, but you know, I do feel that when we when we had chances to score, we you know our guys weren't going to be denied. They just had that, you know, they. I guess they just you know the the experience from a couple of years ago, and um, you know, it just they just yeah. I mean, some of the goals like Phil's Phil's goal was, I mean, that was <laughs> that was a highlight reel you know, kind of, you know, that, that was the kind of stuff they were doing. And, you know, it takes a, takes a special group, I guess, to, a group of characters, especially guys that, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, the guys that scored goals weren't necessarily guys that are scoring a goal every night. Good hardworking players for us. And they're just, <laughs> they're scoring highlight real goals. So it was just, I don't know, I guess it was just our year. And it kind of had that feeling after, um, after that semifinal win that, that we weren't going to be denied. Yeah, it's a good point. Aaron Bollinger scores the first goal. I think that was his first of the year. Yeah. Uh, and then Reed Lebster, it's his second of the year. And then, uh, you know, Phil Laganov, um, you know, his fourth of the year. So, uh, like, that's, uh, you know, that's that sort of bears out, uh, bears out what you're saying. But I just feel like your roster is pretty interesting um, you know, mix of, um, you know, the, the days where you guys were looking, you know, hard under every rock and stone to try to find the right people, the right characters, the right players, you know, depth wise. Um, and then, and then also you, you have the, the Zach Joneses and, and the Bobby Trevinos and, and whatever too. Like, it seems like it's such an interesting blend, uh, you know, have you, you know, you've been working hard at this UMass project that you and I talked back in November a bit about that, but, uh, you know, have you, have you taken any time the last two days, I guess, maybe to reflect on how this roster came together? Yeah. I mean, you know, those guys with, uh, you know, in Phil, Phil Laganoff's class, they were kind of our first class of, you know, the guys that we recruited our first year. Um, they've been with us for four years and, um, you know, they really built this thing and it's, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of those guys take Phil as an example, like he came in and, you know, he was like a, a second line player for us as a freshman and had a good freshman year and, you know, our now program got better. So some of those guys had to, you know, had to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit and, and, you know, and Phil, you know, I told him after the game today, like we were really hard on him midway through the year this year because, you know, he wasn't, I don't think, and he would probably admit this, he was playing as well as he needed to play. Uh, you know, all of those guys, they, they all went from being, you know, kind of the golden child to, to now just on a team with, all, you know, it just kind of shows how, because a lot, a lot of guys would, would struggle with something like that, you know, where they come in one, their first year and they're, you know, on every power play, every penalty kill. And then they're, and then they're fighting for that time, you know, in years three and four. and. Um, you know, they, they never complained. They never, you know, and, and they, you know, and ultimately those guys were the ones that, you know, that, that kind of put us over the hump again this year. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're just fortunate to have a roster of, of very, very high character student athletes. And, you know, you know, Phil, you knew Mario when he was here, you know, like our whole roster is filled with, with people like that. And it makes our job easy as coaches to, when you're not, you're not fighting anybody to work harder or to go to school or to, you're just coaching them to try to be the best they can be and they accept it 
and you know i don't know it's a it's a it's a mix you don't always find you know our staff was super fortunate to have that this year really the last Mm -hmm. few years you know yeah, I saw as as you mentioned, I, I saw a little bit too much of uh, Phil Aganov and uh, Gianfranco Casaro in the yeah. last year of my uh, my 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 last year in the OJ. So credit to, credit to those guys. That's really cool. Sure. I don't want to take uh, take too much more of your time, Ben. Maybe you could just tell us, uh, you know, where you are now. Like, what what did you have to do the last two days? Was there like a last test you had to do? What was that? What's the last twenty four hours kind of been like for you? Um. You know, it's it's been a, a crazy year, Jamie. Um, as as you know, where you are, like with this COVID stuff. Um, you know, like it it it's it was so hard to be able to play all year, and we had our first COVID positive last Friday of the season. So we've been at this for eight months, and I mean, teams have had to go through their whole program basically, you know, and had to stop during the year, and we didn't have any of that, which you know, is, is a, is a credit to our guys. And then we get it the week before the frozen floor, you know? And, um, so, you know, the fact we were just hoping like, man, we're like, we're not even sure we're going to be able to play, you know, cause we, if we had other guys, so we had four guys in quarantine for the first game. Um, and luckily nobody else tested positive in that week leading up to the, to the game. If we had one more positive, we probably were done. So, I mean, it's been so much, it's been such a crazy year, uh, not just the last 24 hours, but the whole year with just, you're kind of just always on pins and needles as the whole world is. I'm sure it's the same where you guys are, you know, you're just like, how long, how much longer can we go? How much longer can we go? And, you know, it's a credit to the NCAA and all the schools that played this year that we were even able to get to the end, you know, and actually have a frozen four and, um, I mean, we tested every day basically for the last month. And it's just every time you're just sitting there going, oh, <laughs> like, it's like living in a constant state of anxiety, you know? And, um, but to, to go through that, and not just our team, every team, to go through that and, and be able to keep going and push through it and finish the season. And, you know, it was, uh, was just really cool and really, you know, it was kind of you know, something that you can never, in a million years dream of as i'm sure it's the same for you guys up there it's just just weird weird times you know but it i will say yesterday was the the most normal i felt in the last year you know like it was just fun to be around the guys and it was fun to see them um to see them with their families after they they literally haven't been able to go home see their families um really they've been in isolation basically since august so uh, you know, we were fortunate, obviously, to play hockey in general. So the, we don't have anything to complain about, obviously. But um, for, to what what those guys sacrificed to play this year was amazing, and then do it at the level that they did it was was just really special. For sure. Well, I uh, I uh, I was I had one more question, but I'm going to leave it at that because you you summed it all up nicely, and uh, I think uh, maybe it's time. And uh, I don't have the authority to do this, Ben, but I think it's time that maybe new mass is done. And you guys are just, <laughs> you guys have been, you guys have arrived a hundred percent and maybe, maybe it's not new. Maybe it's just, you know, the Boston U's and the BC's and the Harvard's and whatever need to realize 
that the state of Massachusetts is a is an it's a new it's a new day, and uh, that's gotta be that's gotta be cool to uh, to think about uh, for you. Uh, have you have you thought about that at all? I'm sure you probably have all the things you have to think about, but uh, uh, you know, UMass obviously on the map now. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when we had guys like Kale here and Mario and and John Leonard, and they're you know guys that are all playing in the NHL now, like. You know, we, we felt things were turning a couple of years ago, but it's, um, you know, last night really kind of, I think a lot of people didn't, a, a lot of people didn't think that we'd be able to keep going when those guys left, you know, and, uh, you know, so it, it was, it, it was pretty cool to see the guys be able to, to pull through and, and finish the job. And, um, yeah, I mean, our program is in a great place right now, but you know, there's so, like you said, there's so many good teams in, in college hockey that, uh, you know, we have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing or else, or else you get, you get caught and passed by real quick again. So, you know, we'll enjoy it for a couple of days and, <laughs> you know, then we're, and we'll get right back at it and try to find a way to do it again next year. You know, there you go. Well, uh, it, I guess we can call it, we can call it critical mass or something like that. There you go. New mass. There you, there you go. go. I'm not good. I'm not really, for, for a media guy. I'm not extremely creative. I'm also not good <laughs> at keeping to my promises of only one more question. So we will end it there with Ben Barr. Thank you so much uh, for your time and uh, enjoy some well-deserved uh, sleep. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it, Jamie. Great talking to you.